Hello and welcome to Let's Quartet. I'm Nathan and we're about to dive into the nitty-gritty of being a chamber group. Making great music in a small ensemble is hard and it can be really mysterious. And while I'm still learning how to be a better chamber musician myself, I'm going to share the things that I've learned over the years so that you don't have to make the same mistakes and so that you can start enjoying your group and enjoying your music even more starting today. Hey everybody and welcome to episode number four of Let's Quartet. I'm Nathan Cottrell and it's been a few weeks I'm back from London. My quartet competed at the Wigmore International String Quartet Competition, and it was an amazing experience. It's hard to put into words how much we learned and how much I learned personally over those few days listening to the other quartets and just being in that environment. It is just a catalyst for so much growth. I feel like my ears were opened to a new world of playing. All of the groups that played were just so good. The level was so high. And what we're going to talk about today has a lot to do with what I took away from the competition, and that has to do with sound. How do we produce sound as a quartet, as an ensemble, whether that be a piano trio or a wind ensemble? How do we do that? How do we create a group sound that is beautiful, unified, in the middle of the group, and that connects with the audience? There were some groups that did this so well and you could tell that they connected with the audience in a very natural way and the audience understood exactly what was being communicated there were other groups who didn't come across as well the music wasn't as readily understood and i'm convinced that so much of this has to do with sound sometimes we blame the phrasing that wasn't clear or maybe the dynamics kind of got in the way or whatever it may be but i think that after listening to these different groups, sound is what carries the message. And what we're going to be talking about today specifically has to do with how do we practice working on our sound in rehearsals. And earlier today, we had a workshop uh, that was open, and we had some great discussion with the people that were there about how do we work on our sound in a group? How do we practice it? How do we play into each other's sound? And so I'm um, recording this at night. We had the workshop earlier today. And so I'm just really pumped about this topic. And it's something that my quartet has been working on and that we've really focused on over the past couple of weeks after getting back from the competition. Prior to the competition, rehearsals were, it seemed like a lot of decision making. And some of that is okay because we had so much to learn and so many decisions to make. But now as we're revisiting some of this music for concerts coming up, some of the decisions we made don't exactly correspond to what's happening musically. And we're finding that as we lean into the sound and try to find our group sound, the harmony is really the guide. And the harmony tells us when there should be intensity and when there should be some relaxing, where the timing should be, how the dynamic should exactly follow. All of that comes down to the sound and the harmony. And if that's not in place, then really ma making decisions about the phrasing or the dynamics or whatever else is somewhat arbitrary. Even if it's in the music, if it doesn't come from an understanding of the harmony, then it won't exactly connect. This other idea is about connecting with the audience. When the audience hears a single unified sound, it's very easy for them, for us, to understand what is being said musically. And even if there are four people on stage, let's say a quartet, and they're playing very well, everyone has a beautiful individual sound. They're playing together, they're having the same musical ideas, but they have four individual sounds. If that's the case, the music is all of a sudden going to be a little bit more confusing to the audience because 
we as an audience are trying to hear four different sounds that are happening at the same time. And even if they're making sense musically, we still have to hear four sounds. Now, the quartets and the ensembles that can play as one, that really have one group sound, their music comes across so easy. And this was very apparent listening to the groups at the competition. Some of the groups just had an amazing ability to have one group sound. They, the sound really came from the middle of the ensemble. There was support from the bottom. The, the violins folded into the viola and the cello sound, and it was just beautiful unified sound. And all of a sudden, as an audience member, everything makes so much more sense because you can hear the harmonies, you can hear the phrasing, you can hear the dynamics because it's all happening as one organism. So what we're going to talk about today specifically is how do we incorporate practicing that into our daily rehearsals or into our weekly rehearsals. So let's get right to it. For a lot of groups, you have limited rehearsal time. So if you're a younger group, if you're an amateur group, maybe you have an hour a week. And so how are you going to structure that time? So often we think that, you know, let's just try to learn the notes. Let's get the rhythms down. Let's do the musical stuff. And then sound is kind of the cherry on top. And honestly, I used to think this as well. What I've discovered is that sound is this dichotomy between being a very simple concept and a very high level concept. And as musicians, sometimes we think that the sound should come later. We're going to talk about sound and color at the end once everything's in place. And what I'm finding is that if you don't talk about sound and work on sound at the very beginning, then so many things are lost. And as I said, a lot of decisions are going to be kind of arbitrary. So if you have an hour a week, how are you going to spend that time? This discussion and these ideas come from what my quartet has been doing. And we rehearse a lot more than that. But the way that we structure our rehearsals is we're kind of falling into this rhythm of rehearsing. Of course, we tune first. Then after we tune, we spend a few minutes, uh, maybe 10 minutes, either playing a scale or a couple scales or playing a Bach chorale. And this is new to us. So we're still trying to figure out exactly how to do it and get the, in the rhythm of it. But what we're doing in the scale, it's not primarily about intonation, although the intonation has to be there. It's primarily about putting ourselves individually out into the middle of the group with our sound so that we can communicate together in the middle of the group. So often we've heard coaches say the sound is in the middle of the stands. That's where it is. That's where the sound has to come from. And so we have to play to the middle of the group. And that's so unnatural for us because as humans, we're so used to just being in our own thoughts and in our own heads. And as musicians, we spend so much time in our own practice room. We're listening to our own sound. We are just we're in our heads and our ears don't really go further than six or 12 inches from us. When we're playing in an ensemble, we have to almost literally put our ears out three or four feet away from us to where the middle of the ensemble is. And we have to listen there and we have to respond there and react there. And it's not only a listening thing, it's also a feeling thing. It's, a, it's an emotional thing where we're giving to the middle of the group. And if you've been in groups that do this, then you can feel it. You can feel this kind of energy in the middle of the group where everyone is totally committed and totally giving to the middle of the group so that the sound comes from there. And when you're doing this, you're practicing it. You have to kind of get out of your own playing. You can't totally ignore it. You still have to concentrate on what you're doing so that things work out well. 
but you have to to the extent that you can not focus on your own self and play into somebody else's sound to play into the middle of the group so that this unified sound can come out so in rehearsal tune spend a few minutes doing a scale so the way that we would do this scale getting a little bit deeper into the details of this when you're playing the cello sets the tone and the color and the intonation so no pressure right so the sound has to be beautiful it has to be a sound that the other players want to play into the intonation has to be very good because everybody else is going to play into that intonation and if you need a tuner stick a tuner up on the stand we've done this there's no shame in this right because we're, we play so much that sometimes as you're going along and you're trying to match each other it can be hard to know exactly where the middle of the note is so put the tuner up there have the cellist reference it and start with the cello right they set the tone they play the note then have the viola player play into the cello sound until it really is one sound and don't go on until that takes place and the violinists who are watching or the other members of the ensemble whatever ensemble that may be i'm just using quartet as an example you give you can give input you can kind of coach the cellist and the violist about you know viola play a little bit more cello can you give a little bit more can you you know yeah play more into the middle of the group once that's set then second violin would join right and this is all on the same note so if you're playing a g major scale you're all playing g at this point right so you're just trying to find the sound for the very first note second violin plays into the sound of the viola and cello and then after that first violin joins the sound of the, the second viola and cello so at that point everyone is playing just a g the same note it's going to be in different registers and you find that sound once you do that you go on with the rest of the scale but don't go on from one note to the next until the sound has settled until you're playing in the middle of the group if you're coaching an ensemble this is a great opportunity to to pull the personalities and the tendencies out of your ensemble members to really give there are going to be some members who are a little bit more reluctant you know a little bit more cautious to really give emotionally and sound wise to the middle of the group there are going to be others who seemingly always play louder and are always giving but are kind of a little overbearing so they need to be able to fold in a little bit more so a lot of how we play in our sound is a reflection of our personalities so as a coach you have to know what your members need and pull them out and if you're in the ensemble you should know what your tendency is right and help each other out kindly right so draw each other out if somebody needs to fold in more ask them to play into the group a little bit more if somebody needs to play into the middle of the stands a little bit more then ask them to do that until the sound is really there and then if somebody asks you to do something then of course respond you you want to find this and i promise really this is a guarantee that if you've experienced this type of sound and you've experienced this really unified sound in the middle of the group you're always going to want that it's the most amazing feeling the most supportive feeling and it's really just so satisfying because it's what we long for but it's so hard to get and if you're new to this if this is a new concept then you know if you can experience that once in a rehearsal during the scale then that's good right get that once in the scale 
and then keep searching for it as you play a repertoire, as you meet next week, then try to get maybe a couple times or three times in the scale really unified from the very beginning. Another thing that you could do if the scale is working out well and you've been able to find your sound, then you can incorporate a bot corral. Bot corrals are really great for developing harmonic responsiveness and it's also just more interesting to play. I found that when we are as a quartet, when we're rehearsing and we focus on the harmony and we focus on the sound, so many of the questions and the discussions that we have are really not even not an issue anymore. If you're trying to make decisions about phrasing and dynamics and stuff arbitrarily, then there's a lot of discussion. People have a lot of ideas. But if you take those discussions from the harmony and everything is based on the harmony, it's so much easier because we've all grown up listening to the same music and we know where a 5-7 should go. And we know the feeling of a dissonant chord. We know the feeling of an augmented chord and, and the tension there. So when you play from the harmony, it's much easier for the music to come out naturally. And my quartet often comes back to this idea of just, if it was simple, what would it sound like? If this was easy, what would it sound like, right? We just want to take the complicatedness, complicatedness, the complication, however you say it, away from it. Because as an audience, we want to give them the most simple, most beautiful form of the music that is there. The music is complicated enough. So don't make it more complicated. Start with the sound, start with the harmony, and go from there and present this really beautiful, simple version of the music to them. I'm reminded of this concert that I went to, I think it was maybe three months ago now. It was Leonidas Cavacos, Yo-Yo Ma, and Emmanuel Axe. It was a, a piano trio concert. And earlier in the day, Yo-Yo Ma was given an honorary doctorate at Stony Brook University, and my quartet was invited to play for the ceremony. Then last minute, he asked if he could play with the students. So we threw together a movement of the Schubert Quintet and the cellos from the studio all put together a cello ensemble piece. So he played with them and then he played the Schubert with us. And it was really, really special experience at the ceremony to play with Yo-Yo Ma and then that evening to play the, to hear the trio concert. And what I remember from that concert, I was really impacted because Kavakos and Ma as string players are quite different actually in my ears in their personalities and in their playing and yet when they played together it was very understandable what the music was because it was simple and the music itself wasn't simple but the way they presented it was simple because they had this sound that was unified and this this unified musical idea that was coming across to the audience and i think when we talk about just regular life, that is also what makes really great communicators. They're able to communicate in a way that is simple and yet can can explain profound concepts. And as musicians, that we're, that's what we're trying to do as well. We're trying to explain and play these difficult and complicated pieces, but we want to make them understandable. So another way that you can work sound into your rehearsals in your own, in the repertoire itself, is by taking really complicated passages and making them as simple as possible. You want to strip the passage down of all its extraneous notes and you want to get to the harmony. The harmony, like I said, is going to tell you what to do musically. So if you have a dotted rhythm, you want to get rid of the little note. You want to, if you have a lot of repeated notes, just play the beginning, the first note that where the harmony changes 
and play it together as a group. And it's going to be a little messy at first. It always is. But try it a few times. You'll kind of get in a rhythm of how it should go and where the harmonies change. And when you know where the harmonies change, you know where the phrasing should go. And then once you have this kind of overall scheme of where where the line goes harmonically, then you can add in the little notes. And all of a sudden, the little notes make a lot more sense because we know where they should lead and we know where they should fall because we understand what the harmony is doing. So again, so much of it has to do with harmony and sound. And the other thing that will be fixed when you play into the middle of the group is balance. And when you understand the harmony, then all of a sudden when you're listening and something doesn't sound quite right, maybe the chord isn't quite balanced because there's two people playing the tonic and one on the fifth and then you need you have somebody on the third and naturally the tonic with two people on it is going to be louder right so those two people need to play less and the person with the fifth needs to just play steadily whatever that volume is and the third depending on what the chord is doing and where it's going they can come up or come down depending on the needs of the harmony but until you understand what the harmony is doing that doesn't make a lot of sense you don't know exactly how loud you should play and you might have just too much of the tonic. And so play into the middle of the group, wait until it sounds just right. You have to mess with the levels a little bit, but then the balance will become so much more clear. And the harmony will tell you all of this. And the sound, the way that it's resonating in the middle of the group will tell you whether it is right, whether that's the sound that should be coming out, whether that's the tension or the the release of the harmony and whether that's working well. The last thing I want to talk about is how sound, group sound in particular, is a very elusive thing. And even just this past week, we had a rehearsal on Tuesday. It was a long rehearsal day and it was amazing. It was so inspiring. Our sound was working. It seemed like for the first time ever that we were really playing into the middle of the group. Rehearsal was very efficient. We got through a lot of music and a lot of things just stuck. Then we came to rehearsal on Thursday and Thursday seemed like, like, what happened? Like, where did it go? Tuesday was so good and today it just doesn't feel right. And we had a few moments of, of unity where we were really playing into the middle of the group, but the rest of the rehearsal just didn't seem quite right. And then we had a concert on Friday and on Friday during the dress rehearsal in the hall, things seemed so weird. We were in a different space. It was a much larger space than we're used to rehearsing in and First violin, Heejun just kept telling me that I seemed very far away and Delphine needed to play a little bit louder into the group and, and Sungjin felt very far away from me because we're trying a new seating with cello on the outside. And I had to play much louder than I usually do because I'm on the outside and it wasn't sounding quite right in the hall. And everything was just kind of out of whack. And it was we were all kind of scratching our heads like, what is going on? Like we had this Tuesday we, we had some of it on Thursday and now it just seems so weird. Every day is gonna be a little bit different. And on Monday when we get together, I hope that we are able to really lock in. And even at the concert on Friday night, there were some really beautiful moments where we were able to connect. And so even though the rehearsal was a little disappointing and it seemed like it wasn't quite working, we, we were able to continue playing into the middle of the group because we had experienced that. And so we knew what it was supposed to feel like. And that's such a comforting thing when you go to a concert and you've practiced the sound and you've practiced the harmony and you know what's happening and, and you, you know the music simply and not in a complicated way, then that's a very reassuring way to show up on stage and to perform. And it makes 
playing with your colleagues much more supportive and much more comforting because when we play in our own sound, when we're playing to our own selves and we're listening just to ourselves, in so many ways, that's very isolating. As soon as we reach out of ourselves and we're listening to the middle of the group and we're giving to the middle of the group, then people feel that, right? I can feel when the other members of the group are playing into the group and are playing into my sound and they can feel it when I'm playing into their sound. And if I'm not, they tell me, Nathan, we need you to play into the group. We need you to give more. And that's a good reminder for me to just keep putting myself out there and keep being vulnerable in that way because it takes effort. We have to be really intentional about that. If you'd like some more discussion about this, you can go to my website where you can get the replay for the workshop that we did today. And you can uh, follow along, you can watch the video. And we had some great discussion at the end about how to make this work in rehearsal, specifically with a piano trio. And we talked about some quartets that we know, professional quartets that do this so well and just how inspiring it is. So if you'd like to do that, you can go to nathancottrell.com and you can find under workshops, you can find the link for the replay there. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you next time.